Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What the... Blimey, blimey. It was the penultimate episode uh, just 48 hours ago or so. It's time to crack on. Should we get on with it? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of Previously on Watchmen. I am Jamie East in association with Sky Atlantic. Uh, There's lots to talk about. Interestingly, this is one of two episodes you're going to get this week, okay? I'll tell you more about that towards the end of the podcast. I've got a very special surprise for you previously on, a little reward for you uh, for sticking with me throughout this series. But before we get into kind of picking it apart and getting your listener theories, all I've had some great responses from you guys, actually, and some rather stupid ones, too. Uh, but before we do all that, it's probably worth just recapping, right? Okay, take it away. Uh, oh, me. Watchmen Season 1, Episode 8. A God Walks Into a Bar. We begin as a suited Dr. Manhattan walks among the discarded remnants of a 2009 VVN Day celebration in downtown Saigon. VVN Day is a fictional celebration of America's victory in the Vietnam War. He stoops to pick up a mask bearing his own face from the floor, pops it on and strolls into a nearby bar. Inside, he grabs two beers from the bar and approaches a seated and cop-uniformed Angela. She's less than impressed by his arrival. Dr Manhattan asks if he can guess why she's drinking alone. Will she allow him to join her? He correctly states she's commemorating the anniversary of her parents' death and she reluctantly allows him a seat. She questions who told the doc about her parents and he coolly replies that she did, or at least she will in about 20 minutes. When she asks how he already knew about her folks, he answers that he is Dr Manhattan, an announcement that's met with amusement and suspicion by Angela. He tells her he's wearing the mask to avoid being recognised. Angela compares him to Zeus, the Greek god who nipped down from Olympus to get laid but wore a disguise to blend in. Only Dr. M obviously popped over from Mars, not Olympus. He tells her it's not him on Mars, but a recording of him that runs in a predetermined pattern to make people believe he's still on the red planet. Understandably, Angela's curious as to where this supposed Dr. Manhattan has really been then for the past 20 years. He tells her he's been on Europa, one of the moons of Jupiter then informs her in a slightly matter-of-fact way that he is simultaneously in the bar putting a few moves on Angela and on Europa creating life. Everyone needs a hobby. Naturally curious, Angela asks how he creates life, to which Dr Manhattan replies, he simply waves his hand. 
cut to the waving hand of Dr Manhattan on Europa, literally creating lush green forests and bubbling oceans from nothing but dirt. Angela asks if he created Adam and Eve too, but the doc says no, he did it for real. We see two newborn babies rise from the ocean and quickly reach adulthood. Then watch as Dr Manhattan makes a sprawling manor house pop into existence from nothing. He tells Angela he teleported the house to Europa and that the building is a special place from his childhood. And then casually lets her know he's also a child right now living in the English countryside, as well as being in the bar in Saigon and as well as creating life on Europa. And I'm sure, like many of you, this was the point my brain slowly went... Cut to the English countryside of days gone by. We see a group of Jewish refugees arriving, having fled the war, including Dr Manhattan and his dad. The doc walks the halls and the rooms of the house and then climbs into a closet to avoid detection as two adults burst in and begin to get, you know... This is the first time Dr M has ever seen love. At dinner, Dr Manhattan, who I must point out looks like a normal kid at this point rather than the blue-skinned kid sitting down to eat, which would just be a bit weird and Watchmen has enough of that already. Anyway, Dr Manhattan is pulled aside by the two amorous adults he spotted earlier and given an explanation of what was going on and how the pair were simply trying to make life having lost a child. They present him with a Bible as a gift and discuss how God created everything, offering the book in return for him creating something beautiful when he grows up. If only they knew. They look very familiar. We return to Europa. Seventy years have passed. Dr Manhattan stands before the manor house. We see that his version of Adam and Eve have been made in the image of the couple who gave him the Bible, and the house is the one that they lived in. Angela remains, you know, understandably dubious. She admits, though, he does have a wonderful imagination. The doc replies that in six months' time, a friend is declaring him to have a lack of imagination. He tells Angela he created the garden so he could meet her, and that he loves her. She brushes it off, questioning how he could love her before they've even met. But Dr M simply informs her he has no concept of before. She asks, was there a moment he realised he was in love? He removes the mask to reveal himself. Angela suggests he might be quite good looking if he dropped the blue makeup. It's not makeup, he tells her. Angela says she thought the real Dr Manhattan glowed, but he tells her he would rather she remained unsure about him before agreeing to dinner the following night. Smooth. Angela, however, lets him know he's made a huge error in his approach. She hates Dr Manhattan. When asked why, Angela recalls the moment the hundred-foot Dr Manhattan laid waste to Viet Cong, burning them to the ground with lasers from his hands, and how one young boy witnessed the carnage, grew up to be a puppeteer, and made the bomb that killed her parents. Dr Manhattan reveals he regrets what happened, and asks if Angela has ever regretted an action she took. He then suggests perhaps he could teleport her to anywhere she likes for their date. Angela reminds him that if she steps out with him looking like he does, they'll stick out a little bit. The doc cryptically says that she actually comes up with a smart idea for covering up his appearance and that she's trying to explain it to him right now. Well, right now for him. Two weeks' time for Angela. God, my brain. This episode doesn't get any easier, by the way. Cut to Angela in a morgue with Dr Manhattan. She pulls bodies out of the freezer and reels off details of the deceased who are due to be cremated. Dr M says he can look like whoever she wants, but Angela reminds him these people have the sort of ID he needs to exist undetected. Angela pulls a final body. It's Cal. He dropped dead from a suspected heart attack and has no next of kin. Dr Manhattan then instantly transforms into Calvin and the pair share a tender moment. Back to the bar. Angela still insists she's not going to be dining with him. She asks how long they'll be together, you know, as he knows everything. Dr M tells her ten years, but that it ends tragically. He doesn't, however, give any extra detail, but states that her favourite song is about to play on the jukebox. A song kicks in. Angela says she's never heard it before, but the doc says it's now her favourite. 
Dr Manhattan reveals they are making love six months down the line and Angela's asking him where he is. They argue. He reminds her he told her on the night they met about this argument. He says his ability to tell the future used to reassure her following her upbringing in the orphanage. Angela then gets mad and, yep, they do fight. She questions when the last time was that he was scared. He says it was 1959 in New Mexico. He became locked in a field chamber and was about to have the skin scorched from his body. Angela says he's not the one taking risks as he knows everything, but that she takes all the risks and tells him to leave. And he teleports away, obviously. Dr Manhattan in Calform enters a building on some distant wasteland. Inside is Adrian Veidt watching a bank of screens showing various disasters unfolding on Earth, frustrated at humanity's continued desire to build bombs. The pair discuss the fabrication of alien activity as Adrian pours squid over the planet using a high-tech machine. Adrian tells him a lot has changed, revealing in the process how he knows Dr M was on Europa, saying a little elephant told him, hmm. but that he doesn't know why Dr Manhattan is masquerading as a human. Adrian then hazards a guess, asking, what's her name then? The doc replies, Angela. Adrian then offers another guess, that he wears the face because she doesn't know who he is. He's wrong this time though, Adrian, but he pushes that the doc doesn't want to look mortal, he wants to be mortal. Dr Manhattan asks for his help, but Adrian suggests the doc doesn't have the imagination for it. Quick cut to Angela telling him he has a great imagination six months earlier. Nice work, he should be a scriptwriter. He says they could theoretically short-circuit his memory with an implanted device so he wouldn't know that he was Dr Manhattan. Dr M asks how long it would take to make such a device, to which Adrian smiles and tells him he made it 30 years ago. Adrian reveals trapping the doc in the field chamber was actually his plan B to destroy him. He shows Dr. M a small disc and describes it as Plan A, A for amnesia. Dr. Manhattan takes the disc with instructions to get Angela to place it in his forehead for instant loss of all memory. Before he leaves, he informs Adrian that Angela has a grandfather she doesn't know about and is told to discuss it right away while he still knows who he is. In return, Adrian asks for a favour. He's upset at the lack of acknowledgement of his role in saving the world from nuclear holocaust and asks if he'll live to see the utopia he craves. Dr. Manhattan says he will not here on Earth. He reveals he's created a utopia all ready for Adrian on the surface of Europa, that the clones he created are just waiting for someone to worship. Adrian agrees he would like to go there and is teleported in a blink from the room. Dr Manhattan's in with Angela and the amnesia disc. Although harbouring concerns, Angela suggests that they leave Vietnam for Tulsa. Dr Manhattan says they should come up with a story that he was in an accident that caused the memory loss. Oh. Back to that first meeting at the bar. Angela's still saying no to dinner. She asks him for more proof of his Dr. Manhattan identity, telling him to create life before her very eyes. He produces an egg from a closed fist. She's not entirely impressed and asks for more info on the ten years together. She finds out they have three kids and also learns he can transfer his powers to others. She lets him know she doesn't want kids now or any time in the future. He lets her know the children are adopted from Tulsa. The mention of Tulsa throws Angela as she's never mentioned her hometown to him. Dr M says she will when he gives her the engagement ring in six months' time. She laughs and as she presses for extra nuggets of info, Dr Manhattan reveals there's a period of time he can't see. But all he knows is that she's there when the darkness begins and she's there when it ends. Back to Project Memory Loss and we see Dr M as Cal drop to one knee. They declare their love for one another and she places the disc to his head. Cut to the present and we're back to the end of episode 7 with Angela holding the bloody disc in her hand, having removed it from Dr. Cal slash Manhattan's noggin. We see Angela casting a blue light as Cal, or Dr. Manhattan, gently levitates from the floor. Angela tells him it's 2019, they're in Tulsa, and he's in danger, as some bad people know who he is. 
We see Dr. Manhattan still has Cal's face, albeit now in a distinctive shade of blue. She asks if he knows who he is. With the kids upstairs, Angela says he should change back, but the doctor says no, he needs to move forward. He takes in his surroundings, noticing a damaged clock. It happened the night Angela was shot. She says one of the intruders was about to kill her, but he zapped the guy away. Cut to a vision of Adrian, retelling him that without awareness of his abilities, Dr. M wouldn't be able to use them. He thanks Adrian, causing Angela to question who Adrian is. Dr. Manhattan informs her he's suffering a little confusion and isn't exactly sure when he is, and teleports away. The kids shout from upstairs. As Angela races to them, she's told there's a blue man on the swimming pool. Outside, sure enough, Dr. M's casually doing the old guy walking on water thing. One guy notices the man looks like Cal, forcing Angela to admit that it is him. He looks up to the watchers in the window, waves a hand, and the kids vanish. Furious, Angela confronts him. He says the kids are safe, and then cryptically adds that she needs to see him on the pool, as it's important for later. Angela's told the kids are with her grandfather at a theatre in Tulsa, and that he was expecting them. Doc then recalls ten years earlier, and the chat about loose ends with Adrian prior to implanting the amnesia disc. Still with me? We see Dr. Manhattan visit Will Reeves a decade earlier. He informs him he's looking to form an alliance with him and tells him the old man has a granddaughter named Angela and that they're in love. Will's told Angela needs his help and that all his granddaughter wants is a family. He knows because he's talking to her right now. Cut to the pool scene as Angela and Dr. Manhattan talk. In the present day at the pool, Angela wants to know if the doc can ask Will a question and he agrees. She then asks how he knew Judd Crawford was part of Cyclops and a clan robe hung in his closet. Cut to ten years earlier and Dr. Manhattan relays the question. Will replies, who the hell's Judd Crawford? At the pool, Dr. Manhattan informs Angela Will has no knowledge of Judd Crawford, but he does now. Mind blown, Angela struggles, wondering if she actually caused all of this, the murder of Crawford, her grandfather's involvement. Dr. M declares that he's hungry and vanishes, typical bloke. Back in the house, he's making waffles using his powers. Look, Ma, no hands. At a wit's end, Angela urges him to act now because the cavalry are coming for him. Dr. M says they're already here in a truck across the street with a device that will teleport him away before they destroy him. Angela says they have to stop them, but Dr. Manhattan informs her they can't. Angela's determined. She pulls guns in a bid to save him. As she prepares, he tells her this is the moment. Back when they met in the bar, she asked him when he fell in love with her. And this is the moment, he says. Angela heads out and begins shooting at the cavalry. She kills a few but is heavily outgunned. Finding her way into a truck, she puts her foot to the metal and tears towards them as bullets pepper the air. The truck stopped, a grapple rips the door from its side and a gunman lowers his sights on Angela. At that moment, Dr. Manhattan strikes. The gunman's head is first to go. He then majestically pops the heads of various cavalry baddies, holds bullets in midair and saves the life of his love. Angela smiles and says he was wrong, they've won, but Dr. M apologises. As behind him, the device on the truck fires. Dr. Manhattan screams as he's pulled apart by the machine and is gone. Back in the bar, Angela can't get anything more from Dr. M on the tragic event that's supposed to happen after their ten years together. She makes to leave, but he suggests to her that by definition, all relationships end in tragedy. And will she have dinner with him? Why not, says Angela. You're listening to, previously on, Watchmen in association with Sky Atlantic. You can watch Watchmen exclusively on Sky Atlantic every single Monday at 9pm. Don't panic if you've missed it because each episode goes straight up on demand as soon as it's aired. For more information, hop over to sky.com. Where 
to even bloody begin with that. So finally, finally, it felt like we got a lot of answers, didn't it? We learned that, yes, Dr. Manhattan did create the world where Ozymandias, Adrian Veidt, has been stranded for the past kind of eight episodes. The first Phillips and Crookshanks uh, were originally meant to be Dr. Manhattan's version of Adam and Eve, but apparently uh, he found their love unsatisfying, hence returning to Earth and wanting Angela. So he left created Europa, created his own world, created his own kind of versions of humans for them to create a better version of the earth that he left. But the one thing that was missing was love. I want to bring up another of Lindelof's shows at this point, because it's quite important. If you've watched Lost, do you remember The Constant? One of the greatest episodes of television ever made. If you haven't watched Lost... Well, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? Go back and watch Lost, okay? Uh, but there is a, there's an episode called The Constant, which which has a lot of similarities with this. Clearly, uh, Damon Lindelof involved deeply in both of them. There's a character called Desmond, who, whilst not um, ha- having superpowers like, like Dr. Manhattan, for various reasons, ends up being in multiple places at the same time, okay? And... That kind of messes his head up and he realises that he needs what's known as a constant. So you remember um, Leonardo DiCaprio in, oh, what was the bloody film? Inception. You know the spinning top? His kind of grounding where he, he used that little spinning top to find out if he was in a dream or not. Or Desmond had a constant that, that just kept him sane, really. And his constant was a woman called Penny. And it's really interesting that Lindelof has chosen that motive of of love, of being the glue that holds everything together, but also potentially the thing that's going to tear the whole thing apart. Because for me, one of the most incredible pieces of this, and, and, and actually something that's that's copped for a bit of criticism, is the fact that uh, Dr. Manhattan entered into the relationship with Angela knowing that it was going to have a tragic end, but doing it anyway. And for me, I, I loved that bit. I found Dr. Manhattan saving Angela towards the end uh, yet still well we don't know if he's died or not the trailer suggests otherwise the the trailer for episode nine suggests otherwise but we don't know what's happened to him but he says that that was it and he went in knowing that he was going to die people are kind of complaining about that but the quote that he used in order to get Angela to have dinner with him was that surely by default all relationships end in tragedy and that's kind of sad but it's true isn't it everything ultimately is going to end in the tragedy that is, well, either separation or death. That, for me, was a running theme through this. And that once you accept that inevitability, then all you've got to do, all that's left, is to love. So, anyway, I'm waffling a little bit. We learned that the country estate uh, was the same country estate that Young Doc stayed in. And Ozymandias, old Adrian, requested that he get sent there. So he's not been kept a prisoner. Well, he has to some extent. But... Initially, he went there because he felt underappreciated. He had saved humanity, saved billions of lives um, with his with the with the big squid um, that ended that ended all the all the wars and all that kind of stuff. He saved billions of lives. Yet no one knew he was a secret hero. He was an unsung hero, and yet he's so vain. He needs that adoration. He couldn't cope with that. He craved it. So Doctor Manhattan offered him an entire planet of his own full of 
slaves slash clones slash Phillips and Crookshanks who would adore him. And it was nice to see Adrian Veidt actually being part of the plot. You know, for all these episodes, he's always had these kind of like vignettes that's run separately to everything else that's been going on. So to see that he had created the device that was implanted into Cal's head to make Dr. Manhattan forget and that that was his plan A, A for amnesia, I really enjoyed. And, and I, I, I quite liked the relationship between Dr. Manhattan and, and Adrian. One thing I didn't know, or I'm, I'm not sure that I was aware of, is that the gamekeeper is the original Phillips. I didn't know that. Maybe I'm just being stupid. I was quite interested in that, though. I tend to be flying in the face of a lot of the people that have slightly criticised this this episode a bit, but I really enjoyed Angela realising that it was her that has potentially caused Judd Crawford's death and kind of kick-started the whole thing by mentioning to Dr. Manhattan to relay to Will 10 years previous that there was a clan outfit in Judd Crawford's wardrobe. I really enjoyed that bit. I, I'm a sucker for a bit of a time travel paradox. Something else that somebody said was that the fact that John slash Dr. Manhattan knows how everything's supposed to play out. For instance, when he tells Angela that the, their relationship is going to end in tragedy, people have been saying that that robs the entire episode of an emotional payoff. And actually, you know what? I fundamentally disagree with that because that's the whole message is that even though we know love is going to end, we do it anyway because it feels so damn good. I kind of really enjoyed that. And it showed that you know, John Osterman slash Dr. Manhattan slash Cal, despite all his superhero and superhuman strength and abilities and, and kind of the all-seeing eye and, you know, humans are all just atoms and stuff like that, he remains, or at least part of him remains, fundamentally human. It took Adrian Veidt to stop him being fallible because of that, because he desperately just wanted to fall in love with Angela, but knew he couldn't because he was Dr. Manhattan. Anyway, I'm waffling. One thing that did set this episode apart from all of the others was that it had post credit scenes. I hope you stuck around for that. If you didn't, you best hop back and watch them pronto. Uh, it showed Adrian Veidt slash Diaz getting extremely bored. He's bound and imprisoned. He's having tomatoes kind of uh, squashed into his face by his very own creations. Are they still his creations? I guess they are. Uh, by his creations as, as his kind of punishment for wanting to leave. Wow, a year-long trial and all you get is tomato squashed in your face. Yeah, uh, He's clearly tired. He wants to get back to Earth. Uh, he says he's needed. found that bit quite interesting. Hmm. And it ends with him having a, a cake delivered to him in his cell, which he kind of finds a horseshoe in the middle of. Uh, he laughs because uh, it's clearly the horseshoe from uh, the game warden's horse uh, and begins to dig himself out of prison with a horseshoe. I don't know what the metaphor, I'm not intelligent enough to know what that metaphor is, but I'm sure some of you will know. If you do, let me know. Tweet me at Jamie East. But uh, we leave Adrian Veidt digging his way out of a prison with what looks to be a quite a blunt horseshoe. But enough for episode eight. Let's look forward. It's the finale. We've only got one hour left of Watchmen season one, which is uh, exciting, but also quite upsetting. I've really enjoyed it. Let's have a listen to the trailer. Uh, predictably uh, brief and enigmatic we see lady true 
I think the whole thing is building towards the, the turning on of the millennium clock, isn't it? Well, that's what the whole thing has got to build towards. And if you remember back well, previous episode, episode seven, we were told that the millennium clock was only four hours uh, from being turned on. So obviously everything that happened in episode eight, or what did happen in the present? I'm kind of slightly confused about the timings of it all. I'm guessing that we left, that was it, we left Angela leaving Lady True. She ran home, woke John up. There was all the faff with the swimming pool stuff, which I think is going to be integral. We'll talk about that in a second. And then the 7th Cavalry arrived. And did they kill Dr. Manhattan or has he just been teleported somewhere else? Whatever has happened. That's the only bit that actually happened in the regular timeline of this episode. So for all we know, there's probably about maybe two hours left before the Millennium Clock is being turned on. We see lots of that. We see flashes of Senator Kane. Is Senator Kane about to become the 7th Cavalry version of Dr. Manhattan? See, here's my big theory, okay? Here's my theory. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Senator Kane will be turned into some kind of blue Dr. Manhattan figure, and I think they're going to try and pass him off as the Dr. Manhattan. I think that's what's going to happen. That is why I think Cal was so insistent that Angela saw him walk on water because maybe that's just something that that is only only John Cowell Dr. Manhattan can do you know in kind of like films where people see mirror images of each other and they have to try and work out which one is the real one I think that is going to be the deciding factor here where Angela sees Cowell Dr. Manhattan walk on water and knows that that's the real one I think I don't know something like that that's got to be integral what else could that mean that walking on water thing I loved it um as far as Adrian Vite goes, there's a lot of theories going around that um, that he's not in this timeline. And I have to say, I kind of feel that as well. I've had some good theories through, actually. Uh, we'll start off with a very silly one from a young man called Peter. Here's what Peter had to say. Hello. My prediction for the very final scene of the uh, final episode of the season is that you will see Jeremy Irons throwing a pig at Robert Redford. Uh, thank you, Peter. David Rutherford has been in touch. Thank you very much, David. Saying that the cavalry used Lady True slash Dr. Manhattan's cloning technology to unleash an army of actual Rorschachs. In brackets, I've no idea why they would do that or how it would work, but it's a delightfully horrible image. On a less fanciful note, I can see Night Owl making an appearance. Good thoughts, David. Thank you very much. Gavin Kerno has been in touch. Thank you, Gavin. He just says, Dr. Manhattan will be placed into the body of the elephant to create Kal-El, the Superman. Hey, Gat, Kal-El. That is Superman's name. Kal an elephant. Mm. Could that? Mm, maybe not. Who knows? Darren Izzard just said that the season's a self-contained story, as it needs more of this. What do you mean, Darren? It might not be. We don't know yet. Seamus McClernand. Thank you very much, Seamus. Seamus says, that's no statue of Ozymandias in Lady True's garden. Adrian Veidt is dead. His entire storyline has been told in flashback. The object that crashed on the Clark's farm was him escaping Europa. We did see that, didn't we? We did see that. I think that's a pretty good shout. Tim Coleman sent in a, uh, a voice message to me as well. Sent it to hello at previouslyon.co.uk. Here's Tim. It's been so unpredictable so far, which has been glorious. So I think anything goes for the finale. So my predictions, they could all be right. I do doubt it. But here we go. The Millennium Clock can control time. When asked what it does, Lady True says it tells time. I think by that she means it tells time what time it should be or what year it should be. And maybe she's looking to undo something that's happened in the past. 
I think Angela or one of the children is going to gain Dr. Manhattan's powers. She'll only realise it when she looks down and sees herself walking on water or she sees one of the kids walking on water. Hence what Dr. M told her when he was on the swimming pool. And at the end, when it's all concluded, the camera is going to zoom out from Tulsa out past the Earth, the solar system, out past the galaxy, out past the edges of the universe. And the whole thing would have been imagined in the mind of a duck. Unlikely, I know, but um, I really haven't got a clue. So if I'm going to make something up, I might as well make it a little bit different. So the, those are mine. Please let them stick the landing, because if it does, this is going to be the perfect TV show. And if not, at least it's been a wonderful ride. Thanks for that, Tim. He also said, loving the podcast, loving the show. Thank you very much, buddy. Can't believe it's all going to be over next week. It's been so good. I'm not even sure I'd like another season. Maybe just leave this as a perfect piece of work like the original graphic novel. That's an interesting concept. Uh, in the interest of actually actual employment and work, though, carry on, Damon. I want this to be a proper 10 season. But listen, as I mentioned at the uh, beginning of the episode, a bit of a surprise for you. Uh, there's going to be two episodes this week previously on Watchmen. We've had to split it into two because of scheduling, but I am de-flipping-lighted to say that uh, either... What day is we on now? This is being recorded Wednesday. Let's go. Let's say on Friday morning, you'll wake up to an interview with Yaha Abdul-Mateen II. Not only is that one of the best names I've ever read out in my life, you will know that man as Cal as Cal Manhattan, as Cal Hatton, you know the guy. He's got so much to answer for. He kept that secret for so, so long. I cannot wait to speak to him. If you've got any questions, just tweet me, at Jamie East. If, you, if you're listening to this now between Wednesday night and Thursday afternoon, tweet me at Jamie East, ask me a question. I'll pass on the message to Cal. So you're getting double bubble from me this week. So that's enough for now. I will speak to you Friday morning. I'm so excited. Thanks for listening. Thanks very much for listening. Hope it's been helpful. Don't forget, Watchmen is available exclusively on Sky Atlantic each Monday at 9pm. If you've missed any of the episodes so far, do not panic. Don't panic. They've got it covered. Each episode of Watchmen goes straight up on demand as soon as it finishes airing on the Monday night. So they're all there, all ready for you to get stuck into. For more information about Watchmen or indeed any of the other awesome shows that Sky Atlantic have got going on right now, just head over to sky.com. If you've enjoyed previously on, do us a favour, give us a cheeky little five-star review, tell all your friends, particularly if there's someone maybe in your household that needs to get up to speed with Watchmen so that you can enjoy it together, maybe this podcast would be quite useful for them. If you're new to previously on, you might want to go back and check out some of our previous episodes. Uh, We've covered recaps of a hell of a lot of series already. There's every single episode of Game of Thrones. We've done Peaky Blinders, Stranger Things. We've done Big Little Lies, and there's loads more of them to come. If you've got any suggestions, just get in touch. We're over on Twitter, at Previous Podcast. We will see you next time. Until then, you've been listening to Previously On, in association with Sky Atlantic. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.